the Proverbs of Solomon from LetGodBeTrue.com Proverbs chapter 25 and verse 1 These are also Proverbs of Solomon, which the men of Hezekiah, king of Judah, copied out. Hear the words of God again. These are also Proverbs of Solomon, which the men of Hezekiah, king of Judah, copied out. Here in Proverbs 25 and verse 1 is a reminder that you are studying King Solomon's Proverbs. You have the personal counsel of a very successful and prosperous king, whom God inspired with divine wisdom and great ability of observation and analysis. The Proverbs you have in the following chapters were selected from many by the careful work of men appointed by Hezekiah, another great king of Israel. There is value in this verse of Scripture, or the Lord Jehovah would not have given it to you. There are two intermissions in the book of Proverbs, one at Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 1, and one here at chapter 25 and verse 1. God gave you a break, twice, to consider again what special words you are reading. Consider the matter carefully, and you will see that here also is wisdom for your learning. God gave Solomon, the son of David and king of Israel, much wisdom and a very large heart. You can read about it in 1 Kings chapter 3. Solomon immediately showed Israel his great sense of judgment by dealing with two prostitutes in a wonderful way in a court case. He was wiser than all men, and wise men and kings came from all nations to hear him speak on any subject they chose. God also gave Solomon the other things needed for a full experiment in discovering purpose and pleasure for life. He was a very attractive man. He had unlimited capital. He had no wars or disturbances. And he was an absolute ruler at the height of the power of the Israelite nation. Consider, he was incredibly skilled and desirable socially. He could afford anything he wanted. He had no opposition or wars to distract him, and everyone would do exactly what he wanted. His great laboratory for experimenting with life was exceptional. No man or group of men, before or since, can even approach his research opportunities or ability in analyzing and summarizing the results. Surveying the homeless or interviewing students at a university does not cut it. Solomon committed his life to discovering man's purpose and pleasure in life. He tried it all, and then some. Wealth? Silver was as common as gravel in King Solomon's day. Women? He had 700 princess wives and 300 concubines as well, many of whom he loved with his extra-large heart. Entertainment? Solomon tried everything there was to try, in staggering excess. Prestige? The wise men and kings of the earth came with presents annually to hear him talk. At the end of his grand and exhaustive experiment of life, he carefully sought out good words to teach his people the truth about what he had learned. He summarized his vast learning in 3,000 meticulously devised and acceptable proverbs, short, substantial, and powerful sayings of truth and wisdom, for his people to learn his knowledge. And the Proverbs were further refined 
by divine inspiration from God. Can you hear from heaven? These are the true sayings of God. Where does Hezekiah fit in? He was a glorious king in his own right, a descendant of David and Solomon. He was exceptionally wise and zealous in the reformation and revival of true religion in Israel, like in the days of David and Solomon. He appointed men, under the direct guidance of God, to select the Proverbs used from this point to the end of the book of Proverbs, for you. What an incredible gift! Can you believe it? You have a book of about 500 of the choicest Proverbs of Solomon's learning, edited to perfection by the Creator God and carefully selected by the appointment of another great king. Here is the wisdom of the greatest king and of God himself for you to live prosperously. Give God great praise. Now, dear listener, what will you do with these short, pithy statements of wisdom called Proverbs? Will you read them as merely the quaint sayings of ancient religious literature? Or will you marvel at their brevity and variety? Or, better yet, will you humble yourself before them with a trembling heart and beg the Lord to teach you in your soul all the wisdom that each proverb contains? All the wisdom of all authors, even with the information and learning explosion today, cannot compare to one of Solomon's proverbs. Why read the tome on anthropology of a God-hating, marijuana-smoking, same-sex-loving professor who teaches classes about abnormal and deviant sexual behavior of one-legged penguins in Madagascar? The verse before you does have value. It serves as the second intermission after chapter 10 and verse 1 for you to realize once again that you are reading the most glorious words in the universe, along with the rest of Scripture. You should see and consider the comments on Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 1 that open this book of the Bible. Dear listener, you are very blessed. What will you do with this book of Proverbs? How can you put it down for anything else? Can you see Jesus Christ in this proverb? You should, for the Bible testifies of him especially parts written by another son of David. The Holy Spirit inspired the verse to further whet your appetite for Solomon's Proverbs. But with the words of the Lord Jesus Christ found in Matthew and Luke, you should say, A greater than Solomon is here. Amen.